Everybody that loves the Lord, say amen. amen. Take your Bibles and find the book of Genesis in chapter 27. Hadn't the Lord been good to us? Genesis and the 27th chapter. Lord, thank you for Calvary. Lord, thank you for Christ. Lord God, thank you for that covenant, the blood of the everlasting covenant. Lord, I want to thank you for this preacher you've planted in this place. Lord, been faithful here for 35 years. Lord God, we thank you. You said to give honor to whom honor is due. And Lord, we sense the honorableness of this man so easily. I pray you'd honor him. God bless him in these soon days. Just right in front of him. Pour out something on him, God. The finest of the fat of the wheat and the kidney, the pure blood of the grape. Pour it on him, Lord. Something special in the next few days. Lord God, visit Grant this flock a divine visitation. Lord God, help, help me this morning. Lord, saturate me and sanctify me with that pure, precious blood. Lord of the great Lamb of God. Lord, the intercessions of that high priest sitting yonder in glory. And as the blood dripped off the right ear, the right hand, the right foot of that high priest on that great day of atonement, allowing him access into the Holy of Holies. Lord God, may my iniquity be passed from me and my sins be purged. Lord God, may I be sanctified in that precious blood. And help us, Lord, to preach Christ this morning and Him crucified. Lord, we'll love you and thank you for it in Jesus' name. And all the Lord's people said, you can actually be seated. I want you to look in this text. Genesis 27. I have been led of the Holy Spirit in recent days to be examining the last days of Jacob's life. And in the study on Jacob, I bumped into a sweet truth, a golden nugget. Right here in the most unusual of Bible stories comes a picture of Calvary. Aren't you glad for Calvary? We'd all be in hell without it. That not a one of us, not a one of us could ever attain the standard of God, a thrice holy God in glory. Our sins, iniquities, and transgressions are too much, to say the least. But aren't you glad for Calvary? The finished work of Christ on Calvary's cross. Preacher Lawson, there's a beautiful picture in the most unusual of circumstances. Do y'all remember when uh, Jacob deceived his father? His mother helped him conspire 
to steal the blessing from his elder brother. And you know, as ironic, God had already promised and prophesied he's going to get the blessing. And I just throw this in while I'm passing by. If we'd let God, he's going to bring stuff in our life anyhow. You don't have to manipulate, scheme, and make a mess that lasts for generations. If we trust God, he's, he's pretty good at doing what he wants to do. Can I get a witness right there? I feel some happy bubbles in here this morning. Glory. And right here in this awful and pathetic and shameful chapter where Jacob deceived and lied to his father, got his elder brother's blessing, there is tucked away in here... (laughs) A beautiful picture of Calvary. Now, I'm going to need y'all to help me. I'm like the old black preacher in Indianapolis, Indiana, Reuben Fields. He said, I wish I could say this. Oh, I wish I could say this. And I'm going to need y'all to help me because if you don't preach back to me, I'll never get it said. I'll have to go a few blocks over and get a soul choir to come in here and back me up if y'all don't act right. <laughs> Can I get a witness right there? You gotta help me, right? We ain't gonna, we're going to draw it out together. The honey that's in this honeysuckle. There is a beautiful picture of Calvary right here. I'm gonna say this, and if you don't get it, then I don't know how to help you. The Holy Ghost has to. I need y'all to get this. He received everything that was promised to his eldest brother. And he he was accepted by his father and blessed by his father. But he knew he couldn't get that blessing in his own name. He had to come in his brother's name. Well, y'all ain't doing too good. I'm going (laughs) to... I may fire I may fire the whole outfit if y'all don't act right. Well maybe I need to do better. Alright, let's back it up and try it again. He was received by his father and got everything that was heading to his elder brother. But he had to come in his brother's clothing. And he had to come in his brother's name. Ooh, we that feels good. Y'all are doing a little better. Let's back it up one more time. I too know something about being blessed and accepted with an eternal, irreversible blessing. Esau came in there when this thing is over with and said, I, I want you to change all that back. And his daddy said, what has been blessed has been blessed. Once you get this, you stuck with it. I have received everything that was going to my elder brother, the Lord Jesus Christ. But I come, and I knew I had to come, not in my covering, but in His garments. 
Y'all got to help me because I ain't got no outline. <laughs> no, that ain't nothing alliterated or illustrated. It's just me and the book and the Holy Ghost. I want somebody in here this morning to know something about how good it is to be saved. I'm glad we have an elder brother. Woo! Hebrews 2, he's not ashamed to call us brethren. And declare our name unto his Father. Glory. God is my Father and I have a big brother. Glory. I read a story and heard a documented story of some of the persecution in the early days of America, colonial America. And preacher, many people don't know it, but there is religious persecution right here in, a, right here in our land. In the 1600s and 1700s, many a Baptist preacher beat with a whip and locked in a, locked in a jail cell for standing on that old-time doctrine. This story come out of the, I think, the early 1600s. A little girl, a young lass, was slipping through the woods to meet secretly with the church and knew that she'd be in trouble if they got caught. And she is going through the woods somewhere up in the New England area. And sure enough, two soldiers stopped her, the authorities. Where are you going this Sabbath morning, they said. Well, the little girl had a tender conscience and she didn't want to lie. But she didn't want to give herself away either. And so she told him this. She said, Sirs, it seems that our elder brother has died. And all the family's meeting at the father's house to discuss what he's left us in his estate. <laughs> I'd like to tell y'all that we're here because of a death and a burial. And thank God a resurrection. Hallelujah. And I apologize for going to an Old Testament text and drawing an obscure passage out on a Sunday morning, but I don't, I don't feel that bad about it. <laughs> and I don't even have any structure to this. I, I just need you to underline that we're going to pop some happy bubbles would that be enough? Amen. Amen. I'd like to tell you how I got my elder brother's blessing. Yeah. Underline this. <laughs> Verse 15. And Rebecca took goodly raiment. Underline that goodly raiment of her eldest son Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them upon Jacob, her younger son. <laughs> She knew that he needed to feel like him and needed to appear as him. And the old man was about blind and she knew he needed to smell like him. Can I get a witness? She knew he couldn't go in his own garments, had to put on her elder brother's garments. Do I got to preach that or do y'all got it? Honey, I'm glad, Philippians 3, I can be found in Him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ Jesus, the righteousness 
which is of God by faith. I'm glad He took the old coat off of me a long time ago and put a new coat on me. I don't know if y'all sang that, brother. I wish I could hear somebody sing it. I tell you, it's the only line I know, but it's a good enough. I tell you the best thing that I ever did do. Took off the old coat and put on the new. Glory. She said, I'm going to have to cover you. (laughs) Said the father loves the oldest son. I'm going to make a little statement that might confuse you if you've been around liberal, mushy, modern-day gospel preaching. But Jesus was on that cross not so much that He loved you, but primarily because... And He did love you. But He's really on that cross because He loved His Father. Woo! And there was a love that the Father had was shared with Him before the foundation of the world. See, in verse 26, this father Isaac said unto him, see verse 26, Come near now and kiss me, my son. And he came near and kissed him, and he smelled the smell of his raiment, and blessed him and said, See the smell of my son. Woo! I mean, when he sees me, he sees the blood. But when he smells me, he smells the sun. They tell me, and I read this by a shepherd, wrote a book about sheep, and said oftentimes when they had a little orphan lamb, a little lamb whose mother sheep had died, said the, the little orphan lamb would never survive. It, it, it must at such a young age, must have the milk and the nurture and the warmth of a mama sheep or it will not live. And said that none of the other mother sheep, none of the mommy sheep would do it that nobody cared about the orphan. They said that an old shepherd had found a remedy. Said he'd take a little lamb who had a mama. Take it away from its mother and take that little orphan lamb and separate them out from the flock, and he'd take a sharp blade and make a little surgical cut in that lamb that had a mom. Drain some blood out and stitch it back up, and then take that blood and smear it in the wool of that little orphan lamb. And said, then he'd take both of them. Here's where the happy bubbles come. And he'd take both of them and present them unto the mama lamb. And she'd take hers right under, uh, right under her motherly, and would sniff the other one. And when she smelled that blood, she smelled the blood of her own lamb. Thought it was one of hers. Brought it in for nurture and life and warmth. And one day on Calvary's Hill, two thousand years ago, Jesus was taken from his home and from His throne and from His Father and separated into the hill outside Calvary where they made a cut in Him by stripes. Can I get a witness? Brother, one day I knelt at Calvary. Hallelujah! The Holy Ghost took the hissing brush of glory applied that blood to my sinful, stinking, orphaned, isolated, 
Lonely without God, without hope. Smeared me in the blood of His Son. Presented me unto Christ. And I I told you when He sees me, He sees the blood. But when He smells, He smells that sweet, lovely fragrance of that pure, spotless Lamb of God. I have been adopted. I'm no longer an orphan. I'm a child of the King. That goodly raiment. Then come down and underline this. I tell you how I got my eldest brother's blessing. I've been clothed in his garments. Number two, I've been accepted in his name. Verse 18, he came to his father and said, My father said, Here am I, who art thou, my son? Jacob said to his father, Here it is. I am Esau, thy firstborn. Now this thing bothered me as I first studied it because it was a deceitful matter. It was a despicable matter. It was a deliberate matter. There was a conspiracy here. This thing was masterminded in an evil manner. Can I get a witness? That bothered me. I said, Lord, I can't preach that. And he said, well, yeah, you can. Calvary was a despicable matter. It was a deceitful. They brought in false witnesses. It was a deliberate matter. But just as this boy receiving the blessing was a divine matter, He's doing something that he didn't know God was actually wanting to do anyhow. Y'all got to help me work through this now. And on Calvary, yes, the Jewish authorities and that Roman government, it was despicable and deceitful. They lied and framed him and hung him between two thieves. The lovely, pure, spotless Lamb of God. But it was a divine matter. God is the one who wanted that to happen. Can I get a witness right <laughs> And he knew he couldn't come in his name. He had to come in his brother's name. <laughs> Woo! And I tell you today, I knew coming in my name was not going to cut the mustard. But I've come in Jesus' name. When I was studying this, preacher, the most beautiful little illustration come to mind. Now, this ain't going to help you if you're over the age of 30. Which is a good host of you. And some of you are 30 on steroid compound. <laughs> I'm not going to put out the old one. Him, him. You're getting there. And you, I mean, some of you are getting rough. But these kids will understand this. Facebook. Now I'm going to tell you up front, I, I hate a blessed computer. I never could make Pac-Man turn right or left in the early 80s. And the little goblin ghost always got me. I slammed down that joystick in the early 80s and, try, and I, hate a, I hate a computer. I know the pastor, he works... To be in his generation, he can work a computer. You know, that's one of the little things I admire about him. Well, I ain't there yet. I ain't got no computer grace, bless my britches. I got me a flip phone, one of the last three left in this county, and I ain't a-giving it up. 
tell you, stupid, you know. <laughs> but Facebook, they finally got me on Facebook. Preacher, I had so many, so many young people in the meetings. So I got on Facebook. Now I want y'all to know something. <laughs> I have 1,724 friends. <laughs> I am so not lonely. I only know about 23 of them. But 22 or 23 I even recognize. The rest of them are my friends. <laughs> but the way that happens is I leave a meeting and a bunch of people get on there and request to be my friends. When I study in this, looking at that name, I went down in the Lobby of the motel, because I don't have a computer. Did I tell you how I feel about computers? <laughs> and I usually have to get the clerk and the and and the, a maid and two workers to come over and help me to get the blessed thing running. There's an old boy. I've just been studying this, the name. I looked on my Facebook. There's an old boy popped up there his face requesting to be my friend. He is a rough-looking woolly booger. Scared. Looked like he come from about three generations of hardened convicts. And quite possibly the family tree didn't branch out that often. Just kind of He's a rough pastor. I'm trying to behave. He was a rough. I didn't know his name, and his face scared me. But he had a little caption out to the side. Is that even what? You, is it a, a thing written out in the side? He said, "Hey, brother Dean, heard you preach. I sure love you." Well, it didn't help me. No, I don't want. I, so does my grandma, but I don't know you. Hey, sir, I want you in my computer. I don't know your name, and you're looking mighty rough. But after the next of it, sometime there will be mutual friends yeah. or someone on, who's requested yeah. on the behalf of this person. Right. It's called recommended by another friend. Yeah. <laughs> you bunch of white people, I think to trade y'all in this morning. <laughs> I went over there and put this thing been recommended by a mutual friend. Yeah. Amen. I was about to reject the old thing. And I went out there and it said recommended by a friend. I clicked on that friend and the face popped up of one of my dearest preacher friends. I said, I know that name. His name popped up and his face... Are y'all with me? My heart flooded with a warmth. I said, yeah, I know that name is precious to me. That face. And I said, I don't know this one, but if he knows, I'll accept him into my little friendship, not on his name, but on this other one's name, the name of one that I love and the name of one that loves me. And if he vouches for him, I don't care what he looks like. Yeah, yeah. Or where he's from. Amen. 
mean so much to me that I accepted him. And out yonder in eternity, I popped up in the throne room one day looking real rough with a lot of ugly sin and an ugly past. Wounds and scars that sin and Satan. He didn't know my name. My name, well, he did know my name. And it is no good. But Jesus' face and name popped up right next to him, youngins. He's with me. I, br- I bring it in, Father. I recommend him into our friendship. Into our fellowship. Oh, my. Of course, the beautiful thing here is is that Isaac didn't hardly know what was going on, but our father knew what was going on. And he loved the city. <laughs> he knew what we did to him on that cross was deceitful and despicable and deliberate. And he wasn't operating in the ignorance or blindness. That's the beauty of the other side of this. He knew me, yet he loved me. I ain't never been able to run with Pharisees, preacher. God scooped me up out of the bottom. And He's still scooping a lot of the bottom stuff out of me. I'm glad He said, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. Honey, I can run with a crowd that knows they didn't deserve to be accepted in the friendship. But Jesus stood in my place. Oh, somebody today ought to rejoice in your salvation. Somebody today ought to get in this salvation. Underline something else. If some of you preachers ever get an outline on this, send it to me. I'd appreciate it. <laughs> I love this. Look in verse 21. Probably the most beautiful text in this thing to me is coming up in verse 22. But we got to get under conviction first. Look in verse 21. And Isaac said unto Jacob, Come near, I pray that I may feel thee, whether thou be my very son Esau or not. And Jacob went near. Woo! Now we're getting under the old timers call it Holy Ghost conviction. Do you all remember when God grabbed the Holy Ghost and said, Come here? Real close. I'm going to fill you out. Can I get a witness in here? Do y'all remember when he grabbed it? That's why ain't nobody getting saved in these liberal modern washed down, sold down, little contemporary modern day little starchy outfits. Holy Ghost ain't grabbing a hold of nobody by the collar and saying, Come here. I'm going to fail you. We're going to inspect you. Come near that I may feel thee. Well, wouldn't it be good if the Holy Ghost grabbed a hold of us and drew us near to God this time? Don't you know old Jacob, his heart was a beating and a thudding in his chest. Oh, he's going to find me out. I love this line. Look over in verse 22. Here's what his father said. The voice is Jacob. But the hands. (laughs) 
Now, y'all are supposed to get that already. All right, let me run it by you again. See if you... This is probably the most beautiful piece of Scripture to my soul. Out of this soul. He said this. This sounds like Jacob. And I'm keeping my King James Bible. It said, but the hands. Well, I guess I'm going to have to exegete, expostulate this, expound it just a tad. Y'all looking at me like, like, like a first Presbyterian outfit. How many times did he grab me and drew me up near and said, boy, this sounds like Dean. But let me see them hands again. But my eldest son. that beautiful. He said, this is the voices, Deans. Oh, but the hands, the hands of my eldest son. I want to say thank God for the hands. There's a little woman dying in a rest home. I, I read this documented story when I was just a teenage preacher boy. Brother Chris, you probably read it too. I don't know. Sword scrapbooks. <clears throat> so there's a little woman dying all alone without any family or friends in a rest home. They called in a Roman Catholic priest. Said, we're going to bring in a man who can forgive your sins and set you up for eternity. They brought in a Roman Catholic priest. The poor little woman was dying alone there. He leaned over that bed and said, Ma'am, I've come to absolve you of your sins and prepare you for heaven. She said, Oh, I'm so glad you're here. I was waiting on you to come. He said, Are you ready to have your sins forgiven? She said, Are you sure you're the man that can do this? He said, Yes, ma'am, this is what I do. She said, Well, I... She said, let me, let me see your hands before we start. <laughs> both of them. She said, let me hold you. And she took both of his hands. <clears throat> said, the little old woman rubbed on the... She said, no, sir. You can't help me. <laughs> said, the only one that can help me with my sins and my soul has got nail prints in his hands. <laughs> I remember another story, you know. Lord, let me, let me study for 29 years. I read a <clears throat> true story of a little boy in London. The house burnt down and his family died in the fire. He was in there. In a bad part of town, some reading the bars were over the window and he couldn't get out. The, the crowd gathered around and saw him in there screaming at the window. His family's behind him, done burned in the flames. Finally, a man rushed forward and grabbed the hole, and them bars were they were red hot, so they were glowing. But the fire had weakened the wood structure around that window. That that man grabbed the hole of that iron. They said you could hear him hissing when he did. And said he yanked it out and flung it down, and a lot of the skin went with it, and parts of the flesh in his hand, and reached in that window and yanked that boy out. 
About a month later, they were going through court proceedings trying to find that boy of family and someone to live with. And again, the community had gathered. And they said, little fellow, you've got no family. Who do you want to go live with? He said, can you... <laughs> I done fooled around and started enjoying myself on a Sunday morning. He said, if you can find a man with the scarred hands, that's who I want to live with. And the, and the man was there. He stood up and raised both hands. And the little fella ran to him and the man adopted him and took him home. I want to make a little announcement. A lot of times that God has to say, that sounds like Dean. Let me see them hands again. Them hands that carried his sin, carried his soul. Thank God for the hands. They'll see those wounds that he was wounded with in the house of his friends. They shall look on him whom they pierced. Jesus is coming back. I'm going home with the man with the scarred hands. I'm nearly done now. Just one little thing and one big thing and I'm done. Verse 23, verse 24. And he said, Art thou my very son, Esau? I want to stop and say there's one and only one. I like that name. I like that little word, very. Can I say he has only one, only begotten son? Aren't you tired of all the propaganda straight from hell in these hours? That we're all going to the same place. We're all just going different directions. You can be a Hindu, you can be a Muslim, you can be a Buddhist, you can be a Catholic, you can you can be a humanist or a Hollywood father. You can we're all going to the same well, I'm afraid they all are going to the same place. But they ain't going where I'm going. You'll come through his son or you won't go to God. You won't go to God. My very son. I love this. I'm going to tell you how he got his father's blessing. Because his father was filled and fulfilled. In verse 25, they satisfied him. They brought him a, they brought him a savory meat offering. I need to get a witness right there. It was a sweet-smelling savor. That day started, they picked out two kids out of the flock, two sheep, two goats. Can I get a witness? Look in verse 9. Go out of the flock and fetch me from thence two good kids of the goats, and I will make them savory meat for thy father such as he loveth. What a picture of cattle! Does anybody remember how the great day of atonement started? They took two goats out of the flock. The scapegoat took the sins away, never to be seen again. And the other one became a sacrificial lamb that suffered, bleed, and die. That's how this day began. Amen. And then back in that verse, they, they fed him that, that God meat until he was full. And then he drank the wine. Do you see it? Is that the end? Somebody tell me what verse that is. That's the end of verse 25. And he brought him wine, and, and there's the blood. There's the blood. That red wine, that blood, that fruit of the vine was poured out. 
I'm going to say this. They, the Father took that meat offering that day that was a sweet-smelling savor unto Him, and He ate it until He was full. And the blood poured out the wine, poured out and He drank until He was satisfied. And then He turned around and gave Him His brother's blessing. I've lost half of you. Did that get right over you? On Calvary, there was a meat offering prepared and the blood poured out until the Father was satisfied. And then the cry came out of the three hours of darkness at the end. It is finished! And when the blood was poured out, He was satisfied. I bless the Lord. I bless His name for Calvary today. I got over to Mechanics Garage a couple weeks ago up in the mountains of North Georgia. Got in there and going to have some work done on my vehicle. There's an old boy coming there, maybe about 45 years of age. Tattoos and scars and had a ponytail, gray hair hanging down to his belt line. We walked in together. We'd been waiting on the garage to open. We walked in together. It was 102 degrees outside and about 110 in that garage. That ain't good for a fat boy. Can I get a witness right there? You skinny people just hush and go eat some cottage cheese. We, we get some tofu and like three pieces of lettuce. I'm going to eat all I can this afternoon to hope God don't ever let me become a skinny person. They all look sickly and weak to me. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for all my skinny brothers. Man. Well, you ain't got too many in the church here, preacher. Two or three of these boys. It's hot! That old boy, he cussed a little... He said something about how hot it was, cussed. And he said, but it ain't as hot as hell, and that's where I'm going. He said, so I'm going to enjoy it. It was one of them moments the Holy Ghost set it up, teed it up perfectly. Me and him were stuck waiting for half an hour for the mechanic to get there. And I looked over at him, and I said, you don't have to go to hell. I don't know how to do all the nice talk. Let's just get right to the chase. I said, you ain't got to go to hell. He looked back at me. He said, I do too. He said, I ain't even ever tried to do anything good so I wouldn't have to go to hell. I looked right back at him again. I said, no, you don't have to go to hell. And I said, you could never do enough good to not go to hell. And he looked back at me. And he didn't have anything to say. And I said, what Jesus did on Calvary is the only thing can ever get you out of hell. And he softened up. And we chatted for 20 minutes. He said, I, he said I'm a Roman Catholic. He said, but I ain't even a good one. I was preaching that week a revival meeting for a Baptist preacher in Cornelia, Georgia, way up in the mountain. He says to me, 
He says, you know, my brother turned from Catholic to Baptist and become a preacher. He said, he's a Baptist preacher up in Cornelia, Georgia. <laughs> and so I wanted to know his brother just didn't turn from Catholic to Baptist. I could tell what had happened to his brother. I said, your brother got saved. He said, he said, yeah. I said, yeah, that's what made him a Baptist preacher. He got saved. Boy, God knows right how to connect them dots. And nothing happened in there that day that I could see. But there was a lot happening that I couldn't see with my eye. And I laid that. I said, well, I'm in Cornelia, Georgia, preaching for a Baptist preacher. And I said, I want you to know you ain't got to go to hell. I said, you can do what your brother did. I'm glad the blood was poured out and the, and the lamb died and the scapegoat took away my sin until the Father was satisfied. There's a sweet little song out. I wish some of y'all would learn it. Maybe you already know it. Before the Father's throne. It's an old haunting Scottish melody. And one of the last lines in that said, said, He looks on Him and pardons me. Said he's satisfied to look on him and pardon me. And I'm right there in the Facebook Facebook picture. Look like I'm straight from hell with a bad name. But I have an advocate standing right next to me. And the Father looks on him and pardons me. And I may be Jacob. But I got what was my elder brothers. Did not Romans 8 say we are heirs of God now and joint heirs with Christ? What a beautiful picture of Calvary. I've been accepted and blessed of my Father because I come in my elder brother's name and in his garments. You might need to get on this altar this morning and cough up some of them sins been haunting you and bothering you this week. Some of that hell running through your system, you may have even yielded to it. Oh, that sounds like Tom. That sounds like Bill. That sounds like Sam. But the hands. I'm glad the hands are there this morning. I want you to bow your heads. Our musicians are coming. I want everybody to stand, make it easy to move around. Why don't you just come? There's already a bunch on this altar. Why don't you come on in here? Jesus will save you this morning. You can come running to Him in the name of Jesus and in the righteousness of Christ. I'm glad you can bring your sins and come near. And he'll look at that price that's already been paid. Oh, God, save the lost. Play for us and help us sing if you know the song. Come to business with God this morning.
preaches 